all the way down in my plums. The Adam Crowley Show on ESPN Pittsburgh. You found the Crowley Show where your mom listens and you should too. 412-919-1316 is the number to call or you can join the cast of dozens. Follow me on Twitter at underscore Adam Crowley. Brian LaMartina sitting across from me. Shirtless Tom behind the glass. Check them out on Twitter at FBomber73. At ButtonPusher970. And please tell your kids, tell your wife we're doing radio up in here. Up in the Fox Bet Studios, make the call. Download the app today. Gambling problem? Call one eight hundred Gambler. I can't wait for the game this weekend because I want this game to be over, and then I can't wait for the Buffalo Bills game. That's where I am, and the team can't feel that way. But I, radio host, dude, of course I can feel that way. Now it does make it the quote unquote ultimate trap game, the Steelers and the Cardinals, but they're not going to look at it that way. Let's do this differently, though. Let's say they do lose. This is the one that they can. Uh, the Steelers, they've got a good conference record at 6-3. and three. Tennessee's at 5-4. and four. So even if the Steelers were, say, tied with Tennessee after this weekend, well, the Steelers would still have an advantage in terms of the conference winning percentage. So if you're going to lose one, this is the one. Can, if you lose this one and then beat Buffalo and beat the Jets, you're okay. I think it's likely that it goes like this. Here's kind of how I feel the Steelers playing out. Why not go ahead? I love doing this. I'm going to look ahead because all of you out there are afraid that the Steelers are looking ahead. Every single person listening to this show is afraid of the trap game. Every single person listening to this show is afraid that the Steelers are saying, well, we got Buffalo and Sunday Night Football coming up. We could lose this one. You're afraid of it. So I'm going to look ahead. The Steelers have Arizona. They are going to win. They're going to. I'm just telling you right. They're going to win. I bet you they lose a close one to Buffalo. And then I think they win their last two because I don't think it's going to mean Jack anything for the Ravens in the last week of the season. So I think the Steelers are going to wind up finishing 10-6. and six, And I think the Steelers are going to wind up finishing with, what, a 7-5 record or 7-4 record in the AFC. And I think that's going to ultimately get them into the playoffs. That's where I am. But <laughs> this being these Steelers in 2019, I wouldn't be surprised if they lost out. Wouldn't be surprised if they won out. But that's what I think is going to happen. How do they win this one? Oh, 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 it's time for your keys to the game. Oh, yeah. Slow burn keys. Oh, those keys are coming in slow keys. Oh, yeah. Jagged metal. Rub it right across my keys face. Keys are kind of looking ahead to Buffalo. They're not Give that excited. The keys. <laughs> the keys can look ahead to Buffalo. Yeah, the keys have that power. I can look are. ahead. The keys, look that's ahead. all the keys do is they look ahead. The keys never come out after a game and say, did you see what I saw? They always say, look what's going to happen. That's true. And the keys, you open them up and then they open the door and the door opens. Yeah, and the, yeah, you're right. Keys open doors. Yes. And there are also points in a football game that matter. Very astute. Tom, do you want to read these keys for me? <laughs> Hold on. Just to reiterate, keys do open doors. <laughs> yes. Learn something new every day here on the It's really what they were invented to do, honestly, when you think about it. But yes. then, as time went on, you know, locks really on different things like chests. You yeah. need a good key to unlock a chest. Thank God for Francis Scott Key. Hell Great of an man. inventor. I would like to say 
that that was the best, the worst I've ever been on this radio program. And I'm continuing that by speaking the way that I'm speaking right now. But just to unpack that for a second there, I limped in with, yeah, and that's keys open doors. Yeah. Good one. Was no, I going for a joke? Hey, no, man. Who knows? No, dude, you're just dropping. I don't even know what I was doing. That's dropping a fact. knowledge. That's not a joke. That's a fact. People come to this show for fun, frivolity, and knowledge. So you gave them the knowledge part there. Keys open doors. <laughs> yeah. Key number one. To the game, not the door. Yes. Key number one of the game. Keys. Let the duck chuck. Let the duck chuck key. After throws a 31. 30. 28 and 44 yards, the Steelers' rush attack really picked up against the Cleveland Browns. So I think you can say, throw early, run late. Throw it early, run it late, key. The Cardinals have the worst pass defense in the NFL. They've got miscommunications. The players largely aren't very good. And not to mention, the Cards just got rid of their third corner, the guy who was graded out the best on the roster, according to PFF. Cardinals defense sucks key. That's pro football focused. If there was ever a game where the Steelers could unleash the duck to see what they've got, this is it. Let the duck chuck key. Now, there's always the chance that if you open it up and the duck does chuck, that he could turn it over a handful of times and you could cost themselves a winnable game. It's a fine line to walk, but I think you need to allow him to, at a minimum, do what he did last week. But differently. Be duck. Different. It's the same, but different. Yeah. I want to see the Steelers be less conservative early. They've had negative 13 net yards on their first drive of the last 11 games combined. That's embarrassing. Now, part of it's lack of execution. The other part is being too conservative. Let the duck throw on some early first downs. Take some shots early and then open things up. Let the duck chuck, not throw key. And then that allows you to get to key number two. Second key. Benny Snell football. Snell key. The Steelers have found success in each of the last two games putting other teams away by running that rock. And really, they had the most success after Hodges tossed the ball down the field like I was just saying. The Steelers the last four weeks have the 10th most rushing yards in the NFL this is the way they've got to win games this year. Four games left. May finally have found that offensive identity. Duck Chuck to get on the truck key. Pound the rock, play defense. Pound it, key. Key number three. Third key. Use the damn tight end. Use it, bitches, key. The Cardinals are the worst defense in the NFL when it comes to stopping tight ends. 79 catches, 978 yards allowed, and they've given up 13 touchdowns to tight ends this year. That's in freaking insane. It doesn't even make sense. This team is so bad that they've given up five more touchdowns than the next closest team, two tight ends this year. That is one horrible team, Key. Can we see Vance McDonald and Nick Vanette get involved? It's amazing to me with a young quarterback, or really two of them the Steelers have had, that we're not seeing the tight ends in the game playing more. This is the week. Tight end keys. Key number four. Fourth key. Block Chandler Jones. Maybe with Monica Geller. Nailed it. We've seen it with T.J. Watt. It was a friend's key. I'm so on fire. One dude who can rush the passer can really bust a game plan. Even if you've got nothing else going for you, a guy like that can change the game with a strip sack. 
He could put you behind the down and distance. If you block him and nothing else about that defense is going to scare you. Key number five? Fifth key? I lost track, too. We were on a break key. Looking ahead to Buffalo. Friends joke key. <laughs> Contain Kyler's legs. Contain the legs key. Kyler Murray can sling that rock. Put him in a jar key. I've seen it live at WB. I've seen it. He can sling that rock. He can also run. He's averaging 5.9 yards per carry, 446 yards rushing. The Steelers had some trouble with Baker Mayfield being able to escape and throw on the run. Murray's a good player. His ability to scramble runs him into some sacks, but he can also extend drives with his feet. And unlike Baker Mayfield, he's going to try to escape up the middle and not to the edge. Kyler runs on feet key. Key number six. Six key. Final key. Final key. Get him on the ground, that Kyler Murray, because turnovers, they might not be there. These Cardinals, they just don't turn the rock over. Just nine on the year in 12 games, three interceptions, or pardon me, six interceptions. They've hung in there against really good teams and defenses, too. But Cards quarterbacks have been sacked 42 times. That is a bleep ton. Maybe you can't get off the field because you take it away. Maybe you can get off them uh, off the field because you get them behind the chains and kill drives that way. That was your keys to the game segment. Keys. Keys of the game. Keys. The hell was I doing at the beginning? They threw the whole thing off. Weird show. It is a weird show. Let me say this. What I just did there is a perfect illustration of how you can beat the Arizona Cardinals. Right out the shoot, beginning of the segment, I make a horrific joke, I think, about keys opening doors, and it frazzles me the rest of the way. It's the same kind of thing that can happen if Kyler Murray starts a drive, and he's two for two, and you get things going, and then he gets sacked. That sack can thwart all the momentum. It can suck the life out of a drive the same way my god-awful attempt, I think, maybe at a joke can suck the life out of a radio show. Well, I know how to put life right back into you and this radio show with some breaking Penguins news. What happened? Do you want it? Do you want it now or after the break? I want Ooh. it now. You want you it now? Are you sure about that? I mean... I, I did want it now, yeah. Yeah, okay. Okay, I guess we're going to do I it mean, you thought, you thought it would be a tease, but we got Brent Coleman I coming mean, up next. I big news? Is this like news that's worthy of breaking into a segment to give people? That's I mean, true. We don't we're breaking break it now. In. We're breaking it You now. know what? Let's do it it's next. big enough? No, I think we should break it now, now. Now I'm too worried that I oversold it. No, we're going to break it next. Oh, no. Coming up next, we're going to tell you that Tristan Jari is starting in Golden Knight for the Pittsburgh Penguins. Not it. Son of a bitch. That's not it. Oh, that's not it. That's not it. Perfect. Plus. Breaking Pens news. We'll get to that first. And then we're going to hear from Brett Coleman, film analyst at SB Nation, talking about the Steelers' defense and what makes Duck Chuck. It's the Crowley Show on ESPN Pittsburgh. Searching for the best deal on a new car? BendMyWheels.com has a 2019 white Ford Mustang EcoBoost from Jim <laughs> on ESPN Pittsburgh. The keys never come out after a game and say, did you see what I saw? They always say, look what's going to happen. That's true. And the keys, you open them up and then open the door and the door open. Yeah, and the, yeah, you're right. Keys open doors. Yes. I'd like to thank Brian there for being a very nice fatherly figure. Well, they do, man. You weren't wrong. Keys do open doors. You know what, Crowley? The keys, they open doors. Don't worry about it. Everything's going to be okay. You spoke correctly.
I don't know what the hell's going on with me this week. I think it's because <laughs> I haven't slept in six weeks. You open him up and then open the yeah, door. Yeah, nothing like a new open. new baby to help you stop talking. Yeah, that's <laughs> really affecting my ability to do this radio show right now. In fact, I'm going to stop talking, and we're going to talk to Brett Coleman. He's a film analyst for SB Nation. But first, Brian Rust and Justin Schultz are back. Uh, we pay off a little tease there. Sorry, radio. No, I'm happy that you're alive. And in the position in which you're in. Yes, Adam, he is alive. I'm all over the place today. The show is moving very fast. Now it's time for Brett Coleman, the film analyst for SB Nation. Big one tonight between the Penguins and Coyotes, by the way. Brett, thank you so much for taking the time to join us today. Thanks for having me on. Now, you've been kind of hunkering down looking at some Steelers stuff, so we can either start with Duck Hodges or we can start with Minka Fitzpatrick. Which way would you prefer to go? Well, I, I will say that both of them have given me an actual reason to believe the Steelers can can make the playoffs this year. But Duck, I think, just being a quarterback is is the biggest story in the whole city right now. Um, you know, I was out there about a month ago. I flew out from California to see the Steelers live because I wanted to see them hold up against the Rams. Um, and I would say, you know, back in uh, as little as four weeks ago. I would say that the only reason this team had a chance was because of the defense and because of Minka Fitzpatrick. But after seeing Duck play last week, that was the first time all season that I felt like they looked like a, a semi-complete team. You know, it was the, the offense just looked different with him at quarterback. And I think that, that the Steelers have a legit chance to go on a run here solely because they finally pulled the trigger on benching Mason Rudolph. That's interesting. Let's definitely stick there then. What is it about Duck Hodges that gives you faith that what he's doing is sustainable? The, the biggest difference between what I saw when I watched Mason and what I saw when I watched Duck. It's not, you know, a difference in arm talent, athleticism, anything like that. Duck just makes decisions. You know, that's 50% of being a quarterback is you just have to make decisions. If you see single coverage, you want to throw deep, you throw deep. If it's not there because they roll to a two-high zone, you check it down. You know, if they roll to a cover three and you know that – the only route you're going to have open is a deep cross, and you, you don't have time to stay in the pocket, roll out, and then make the throw on the run. Like, you just have to make a decision. You can't sit in there and double-guess yourself and, you know, take a bad sack or get to a check down late so it's no longer open. Just make a read and execute it. It doesn't have to be the best throw in the world. You don't have to be the most talented guy in the world. You just have to do your job. And so the thing when I look at Duck is he was a lot more decisive. And even if the decisions he made weren't the best, he actually made them. And that was a huge difference. You know, most of his yards came on like three or four plays, but the difference in that game was those three or four plays. So I think I, I, I really liked what I saw from him. And, again, he's not perfect. He's not, in my opinion, he's not going to be like competing with Big Ben next year for a starting position. But for now, I think this can work. And it's obvious that the Steelers, for so much of the season, they were kind of running into a brick wall because no one was respecting their passing game. I thought after he hit a couple of long passes on the series prior to halftime that we really saw the Steelers start to be able to run the football effectively, too. I think the Browns started to have to respect them a little bit more. Yeah, I, I think a few shots to, to Washington down the field when all of a sudden people were like, oh, okay, they're actually going to push the ball down the field. And, you know, we know that Washington's a guy that if he's given a, a good ball and a one-on-one, -on -one, he can make a play. 
you know, as soon as defenses figured out that this was not just going to be a one-dimensional Steeler offense that they could squat on the short stuff all day, all of a sudden the run game, like you said, started to look better. So, again, the, the talent isn't quite there around him yet because Juju was hurt and Connor's been out and, you know, obviously AB's not been there all year. Like, they don't have all of that insane skill position talent they used to. But they're making it work. They have a defense that can cover up for their mistakes. Their special teams, I think, is at least at the very minimum above average. Like, th- this is a complete team now. It's, it's the first time all year that I've looked at the Steelers and said, all right, there's nobody that they can't beat. Whoa. Brett Coleman joining us here, film analyst SB Nation on the Crowley Show. What do you think of Randy Feetner as an offensive coordinator, uh, just of his ability to scheme guys open? Is he doing enough of that in your mind? I think he's he's come to terms with the fact that other than Washington on deep balls, he doesn't really have anybody that can just go out and win. You know, he doesn't really have anybody like, you know, with A.B., where it's like, all right, it doesn't matter what corner's covering him, A.B. can beat him. You know, Juju, when he was primarily a slot receiver last year, like he was arguably the best big slot in the league outside of Michael Thomas. I think he's come to terms with the fact of like, okay, I gotta find ways to actually scheme people open. If we're going against a primarily man defense, we gotta do a lot of rubs. If we're going against zone, we gotta do a lot of combinations like sail and seam routes and all that kind of stuff. I think he's starting to get in a little bit more of a groove. Obviously, the run game's been a little bit hit and miss, but there's only so much you can do with all the injuries they've had at the position. Uh, so I, I think it's coming along, but, you know, it's, it's gonna be a process because of the step down in talent they have this year compared to last year, but, with a good scheme, anything is possible. Now, as far as that Steelers defense, how did Minka Fitzpatrick transform it, and how are they kind of scheming things up with him there? Oh, my God. <laughs> I was watching a lot of him this week, and he is unbelievable. This is, this is one of the most dominant seasons that I've seen out of a safety in a while. You know, outside of, like, prime Ed Reed, prime Troy, Eddie Jackson last year was spectacular. This year for Minka is right up there. How he has transformed this defense. You look at their numbers before and after he got there, and stylistically how they played before and after he got there. And the reason why it works is because, as a safety, he plays kind of like Troy did back when Troy was there. He doesn't really go backwards. You know, he's sitting there. He's coming forward as a free safety and sitting on everything over the middle. You know, you don't just get to complete a post underneath him. He's not, he's not like a rover that's going to be sitting 30 yards down the field and waiting for an overthrow to pick off. Like, no, he's going to sit there at 12 to 15 yards, and if you're going over the middle, he's going to get the ball. And he is a huge playmaker. He's a gambler. But, again, with that pass rush, you only have a two-and-a-half-second window to throw anyway, so he knows you're probably not going to beat him deep no matter what. And he just he goes after the ball, and it's, it, it, it has transformed this team. Because And that's a big reason why I think they can beat anybody is because they can hold anybody to less than 24 points, even less than 20 points sometimes. Like, if you have that kind of safety that can generate extra possessions, if you have that kind of pass rush that can generate extra possessions and create turnovers, there is not a single team in the NFL that the Steelers cannot beat. I guarantee you. Brett, last thing for you, uh, T.J. Watts. Uh, what do you think about his candidacy for Defensive Player of the Year? If Minka wasn't on the team, he would be my choice for defensive <laughs> player of the year, to be honest. I mean, he, he looks like a, just a, a smaller version of his brother out there. And I'll say this, I'm a Texans fan uh, by nature. I've, been watch, I've watched every single game J.J.'s ever played, and he uses the exact same moves that J.J. used. You know, the little chop dip, like he 
how he uses his feet to set up inside counters. His technique is exactly like J.J., and J.J.'s technique is a big reason why he's one of the probably five or six best defensive linemen to ever play the game. And so when you put that into a slightly smaller package that lines up in a different stance and a different position, but still uses the same technique rushing off the edge, like his sack production doesn't really surprise me because he rushes just like his brother does. Brett, that's awesome analysis, man. Really enjoyed having you on. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Take care. That's Brett Coleman of SB Nation. He's their film analyst over there looking at all things NFL. And when I hear people say things like there's not a team the Steelers can't beat, if it's a columnist, if it's a radio host, if it's a first-take TV guy, I'm saying you're full of absolute crap. When I hear somebody who breaks down the film and objectively watches what this team does versus what other players at their positions do, what other teams at those positions does, I think, okay, there might be something there. I don't think the Steelers are a team that makes a run, and I think that it's honestly not fair to talk about them in that kind of grand scope. I don't think you should say, oh, well, if they get this, this, and this, they can go to the Super Bowl. No, that's not fair. It should be about if they can do this, this, and this, they can make the playoffs. But when I hear a guy like Brett Coleman, who I think is a respected NFL guy who watches a lot of film, say, yeah, that defense is that good, I'm going to buy it a little bit. Now, the Duck Hodges thing, he's better than Mason, and he's seeing what he needs to see, and that's huge. But one of the things that he said is something I brought up in the show as a negative, and that's that most of the yardage that we saw Duck Hodges get came on four throws. Really came on three throws. If you want to boil it down, most of his yardage came on just less than a handful of plays. Can you continue to do that? Or will another team put their best corner over James Washington? Is it going to be Patrick Peterson with a safety over the top? Okay. You think Patrick Peterson with a safety over the top is going to get beat by James Washington? I don't know if I think that that's going to happen. So what can you do after that? Who can make the play? Can Devlin Hodges matriculate the ball down the football field? That's what I'm concerned about. If you can chunk dudes because, hey, that's where the coverage dictates you go with the football, fine. But eventually coverage is going to dictate you don't go there with the ball. And can you string enough quality plays together to score on a 10, 12, 14-play drive as opposed to scoring on a 2, 3, 4-play drive? Is he good enough to stand back there and face pressure and get the ball out of his hand quick and pick a team apart across the field, down the field? I don't know. I haven't seen anything yet that makes me feel like that's going to happen. If the other team takes away the deep ball, can he lead a couple of drives like that? Can he lead a couple of field goal drives, a couple of touchdown drives, without the benefit of getting the big play? I'm not so sure. I don't think Arizona's necessarily the team that we test him with, right? I don't think Arizona's the team that's going to say, oh, definitively, you can't put together drives because maybe he can do it against Arizona. But can you then do it against Buffalo? Can you do it against the Baltimore Ravens? That's the most important thing. Because I think he can carve apart Arizona because I think I could walk in there and have 150 passing yards against those guys. I mean, they're that bad. Just give me a tight end, maybe two of them, and I'm throwing the ball all day long in the middle of the field. But can he do it down the stretch? String those things together. It's one thing to huck, huck, huck. It's another thing to dice a team up, death by a thousand cuts. I'm not sure that that is something that Devlin Hodges has in his arsenal. 
We've got the great unsponsored football segment filled with knowledge and fun brought to you by To Be Determined next as we look ahead to the NFL schedule plus something that a future Bengal had to say that makes me wonder about his future overall in the NFL. It's the Crowley Show live from the Fox Bet Studios. Make the call. Download the app today. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. It's ESPN Pittsburgh. Join ESPN and Bud Light at Dino Sports Bar in Greensburg on Thursday, December 12th from 7 till 9 p.m. And read ESPN Pittsburgh, the iHeartRadio app. Forty Niners players right now are speaking out against the analyst who made some choice remarks about Lamar Jackson. But we're having fun on a Friday, so we ain't getting into any of that shit. Thank God. We are avoiding race like the plague on this year Friday. It is the best weekend of the year, apart from last weekend for college football. And apart from a weekend a little later on down the road in December. It's the third best weekend of the year in college football. The NFL playoff races are crystallizing. You got great college basketball, so you know what? We are not going to get into the race stuff. No, let's leave that for smarter people than us. And let's dive into the NFL right now. What time is it, Tom? And now it's time for the great unsponsored football segment. Filled with knowledge and fun. Brought to you by... To be determined. Woo! Tua Tagovailoa says that he's afraid he might never be the same again after his injury. One of two things is happening here. He's either A, trying to say, hey, if people want to skip bowl games, they can skip bowl games because look what happened to me in a meaningless portion of a game where we had one handedly. Or he's B, saying I don't want to be drafted by the Cincinnati Bengals. <laughs> I think I it's B, it's too. B. Uh, it's a, it's yeah, absolutely a B. He wants to find himself a nice little landing spot in that 15 to mid-20s range. <laughs> if I was him, I'd come out and say, yeah, i got a couple months to live. I'm going to be here. Tell the Patriots draft uh, me. <laughs> oh, no. They're going to get him. Oh, no. What a ploy this is, though. I do not want to be a Cincinnati Bengals, so I'm going to tell everyone who will listen that I, to a tech of Iola, I'm never going to be the same again. Yeah, guys, you know, I really suck at football. Ugh. I'm so bad at this game. My gosh. He should show up at the combine <laughs> with pot in his system. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Bounce every ball to the receivers in the workouts. I'm sorry. I don't want to play for you, Zach Taylor. Bounce. There's a playbook for him. Just throw things at kids through windows. Drive down McKnight Road. You know, just do exactly what A.B. did and you'll be fine. Speaking of which, 77 days after being released by his second team and let go from his third, what? Antonio Brown has apologized. Oh, good. Shall I read it? You shall st- it ain't A B is what I'm saying, first of all. And I, now I let me I after you read this, I got a theory to share with you ooh. Uh, regarding this. So you read it, I'll lay it. I'll read Brian Lays, and here we go. Brian Lays. Quote <laughs> posted on Instagram. First and foremost, I'd like to apologize to my family, friends, and anyone who I offended. 
I never once meant to make anyone feel like I wasn't thankful and appreciative of the opportunity that I was afforded to play the game I love. I've worked hard over the years to earn a chance to compete in the greatest game on earth. Over the years, I was met with challenges, and I can honestly say that I didn't handle those challenges in the manner that I should have. Over the past few weeks, I've had the opportunity to think about everything that's transpired, and I am deeply sorry to all who I've offended. While my behavior was inexcusable, sometimes when people are coming at you with false information and allegations, we handle ourselves in ways that we sometimes regret. I do take full responsibility for my actions, and I'm working every day in Steelers attire to repair what I broke. I do know that if I'm ever given the opportunity to play the game that I love, I'm going to work extremely hard to show the world how much I appreciate another chance. To the organizations that I offended, I offer my sincere apology to you, and my hope is that you forgive me and help me move on from this minor setback. I look forward to competing and helping a team reach their goals. Lay it, Brian! All right, my theory is this, is that they dumbed down their own English in the PR department to kind of get it closer to what AB sounded like, but while still maintaining some kind of grammatical uh, fluidity, I guess, for lack of a better By word speaking there. speaking English is what you're looking Yeah, for, but yeah. there's just like, he's like, uh, where's the one part? I, I think what he did was he laid out a bunch of bullets, bullet points. Like, <laughs> I like to apologize to people I broke, and then they put, like, the word broke in there. You know, so they took <laughs> words that he kind of did, but then they made it into a thing that was, you know, legible. At what point... Does Antonio Brown actually apologize for any real transgressions? All he's doing here is apologizing to those whom he's quote-unquote offended. How about the people you were alleged to have sexually assaulted? No, we have to talk about the people that I offended. Sexual assault! He's apologizing to the teams for the way that he handled himself with the teams, but he's not apologizing for any of the things he was actually accused of doing. He didn't do them. Well, and that's what the lawyer would say. That's why he's not apologizing for those <laughs> hey, things. Hey, didn't do them. But you know what? The Patriots, they are not, they did not release him, I guess I should say, because he was being a jerk to their team. Now, the Raiders did. Yeah. The Patriots released Antonio Brown not because he was an a-hole to the team, but because he was an a-hole of a person with some of the things that he was accused of doing. So he's apologizing to the Patriots. Oh, man, I'm sorry I acted the way that I did. You didn't act in correctly with the Patriots. You went out there and you played. And you went out there and you practiced. He did nothing wrong with the Patriots. It's all the stuff that circled around the Patriots that got him into the trouble. Oh, God, what a mess. He's not playing this year. It's not going to happen because the NFL, they just keep pushing stuff back, pushing stuff back, pushing stuff back. And AB's apologizing because hopefully he thinks it's going to get them in a room with him. But it ain't going to happen, because if you're the NFL, why in the world would you bring this into the fold right now prior to the playoffs? I, I don't understand. Like, A.B. should just shut the hell up yes. for a long time, because the further you get away from anything, you don't see stories like this. The further you get away, the more likely he is to be hired 100%. by an NFL team. No drama. He's back on a team, because once the public forgets, we know the NFL is full well willing to bring anybody back. Yes. And my contention in the past, whenever I said A.B.'s not going to be in the league, is because I always thought A.B. is going to continue to do stuff. A.B., if you sexually assaulted once, allegedly, you're going to do it again, and you're going to do it again, and you're going to do it again. You're a man with power who clearly doesn't have any morals and has no understanding of the things that he's doing is wrong. Of course he's going to keep doing those things. But if he doesn't, and he shuts the F up about it, 
Yeah, he's going to play. Of course he's going to play. Freaking Hardy played. Hardy was good. He wasn't A-B good. And he's accused of throwing women on a bed of guns. You're going to play. Just leave it alone. He's getting terrible advice. He's getting awful advice. Just shut the hell up. Stop it. Do we have a song? Is it Dumb Dumb? Should we go Dumb Dumb? Do you want one? Yeah, Should we sure, go Dumb Dumb? I think we go Dumb Dumb because this is dumb. Yeah, this Talking is dumb. about any of this is dumb if you're Antonio. Dumb. Well, the south side of Pittsburgh's a part of town that we all know. And you'll find down there the dumbest man in town, and his name's Antonio Brown. <laughs> You see, Antonio, he's in trouble Because he's acting dumb as a door All the downtown ladies call him window liquor All the men just call him dirt Because he's dumb, 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 dumb. Antonio Brown The dumbest man in this whole damn town He's dumber than a Big Ben's dog He's dumber than a stump on a log Oh yeah, cause he's dumb, 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 dumb. Antonio this whole damn town He's dumber than a Big Ben's dog He's dumber than a stump on a log Oh yeah Panthers and Falcons this weekend Nobody oh, cares great Get out of here Panthers, Falcons It only matters if you want to make the call Download the Fox Bet app today Gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER What call would you make? On Panthers at Falcons? Yeah, over, oh, over, over, I'd make the call not to put any money down on it. <laughs> make the call to get the hell away. I'm making the call to not make the call. Here's my thing. Last week I kicked ass. I hit a three-team parlay. Oh, congrats. I took the Steelers. I got the under. Crowman was five for five. What up? So I'm sticking away, staying away from Panthers, Falcons, Ravens, Bills. We throwing a little cheddar down for Ravens, Bills? Yeah, the Ravens. I get the Bills in the money line. Get out of here. Ooh, the Bills are being really? uh, No, if I was going to take the Bills, I'd take them with the points. <laughs> <laughs> I would like the help of the points there. I think that that's a tight game, though. Uh, the Bills haven't beat anybody. Uh, we thought maybe they beat somebody when they beat the Cowboys in the manner in which they did, but we found the Cowboys are just total frauds and jack wagons. So I think this is their Super Bowl up to this point. I think you're going to get everything you can from the Bills. And I'll pick it at the end of the show. Are the Cowboys possibly the worst team the Bills have beaten all year long? Have no. we thought of that? No, we have, and the answer's no. I don't know. Something I thought of it just about. there, just for a brief <laughs> moment, and the answer's no. Think for a second. Uh, yeah, think more. No. Because <laughs> guess what? Okay. Their strength of victory, the Bills, it's the, like 300, right? It's 321. The winning percentage of the teams they've beaten is 321, which would mean that the Cowboys at 500 at the time, or above 500 at the time, Yikes, although now they're below it. In fact, the Bills now, it's gone down. Use the eye test, though, buddy. Come on. I'm using the eye the test. Analytics there. With who? With the strength of victories and all that stuff. I mean, get out of here. It's a tiebreaker. It's like way down the line. <laughs> it's like seventh. Yeah, it's like the cabinet member who has to deal with <laughs> architecture that is going to wind up being the president if enough uh, people die. The HUD director. Thank That's you. what you're looking for. Yeah, but instead I decided to go with the um director. Uh, we've got Redskins and Packers. Doesn't matter. <laughs> we'll pick the games at the end. I've run out of time. Dale Lawley is joining us next. I can't talk. I can't figure out what HUD is. Dale Lawley of DKPittsburghSports.com, the Steelers Radio Network. His prediction for Steelers and Cardinals. Maybe his three guarantees early. Can we do that? Maybe not. You'll find out next. It's the Crowley Show. Um... 
Searching for the best deal on a new car? BendMyWheels.com has a 2019 white Ford Mustang EcoBoost for just